Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder and executive director of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. You would please open your Bibles to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, we're beginning in verse 40. Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 40, this is God's Word. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just believe, and she will be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Jesus returns from being on the other side of the lake, and people are expecting him. They're excited that he's coming. But there's one particular fellow who is desperate to see him. 
Jairus, the ruler of the local synagogue, that means he was the leader in what for our minds would be comparable to the local church, though it wasn't the church, it was the synagogue. Jairus, a man of honor and distinction, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter was dying. Now, that's a dramatic scene. And Jesus immediately starts to go with him. Well, the crowd is coming too because they love to watch miracles. They love to see. They know Jesus has got this reputation. He touches people and heals them and casts out demons. I mean, amazing things. And this is going to be quite a show. Let's see what he does. Well, as he's going along, the crowd is pushing against him. Luke says they almost crushed him. They were jostling and bustling so much up against him, trying to be sure they got the front row seat. But one of the people who was in the crowd wasn't there for the show. She was just as desperate as Jairus was. Because for about 12 years, she had been hemorrhaging, bleeding. Now it's interesting, some people would say, you know, Pastor, uh, I don't think it's proper to talk about what that consisted of. I mean, that's a, that's a very personal thing. Well, I want you to see that Jesus had a different view. Jesus required her to tell about what had happened, which included her sharing the fact that she had had this bleeding problem. Well, isn't that private? Yeah, normally, but sometimes... Just like when Lazarus comes out of the tomb wrapped in grave clothes, people have got to help somebody get out of that past. And so Jesus called this woman to deal publicly with what had been a very private thing. Because of her bleeding, she was not to come into crowded places like that. Because if she touched somebody, they would become ceremonially unclean. And because her problem was constant, she had been socially isolated from everybody who knew what was going on. Her family was not supposed to be touching her. She was not supposed to be touching them. It was, in some ways what some of you would think is kind of like COVID. Everybody's got to be socially distant. Everybody's got to not hug. Well, maybe in families we can hug. But I mean, this was a very private thing having to do with her menstrual cycle, which was nonstop. Horrible problem. And she was miserable with it. And she had gone to doctors, one after another, and spent all of her money. How do we know that? Because we read Mark's Gospel too. Luke, who was a doctor, is very restrained in what he says about the fact that no one could help her. Mark is more direct. 
he says she had suffered many things at the hands of the physicians. And all she'd done was lose her money. She had lost all of her money trying to get medical help. The doctors tried a lot of stuff and none of it worked. Luke simply says no one could help her. Well, that was true. Luke probably had some sympathy for the doctors who may have really tried to help her. Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house. And this woman creeps up and reaches out and touches the hem of his garment. And instantly, she's healed. And she feels it. She doesn't have to go check anything. She felt the power of God come into her body and heal her. And she knew she was healed. She wasn't hoping she was healed. She knew she'd been healed. But Jesus, she's trying to do this without being detected. Nobody has to know. She didn't touch Jesus. She just touched the edge of his clothes. That's all. If I can just get that close to him, why would she believe such a thing? Because one of the promises concerning Messiah in the Old Testament was that there would be healing it says in his wings, but the term that is used there is one that was used to describe the, the fringe, the drape that came down, and the edge of that is all she felt she had to touch, because she was convinced Jesus is the Messiah. She was acting in faith. She was believing what God said in his word about healing in the wings of Messiah. It doesn't mean Jesus had wings that he flew around with. That was a term to describe that article of clothing. Hmm. So she acted in faith. She did what God put in her heart in order to try and receive from Messiah that which no earthly physician had been able to provide. And God granted it. But Jesus... Instead of just moving on and thinking, oh, that was interesting, somebody must have just been healed, Jesus stops the whole parade and he says, who touched me? Which to the people who were bumping up against him seemed ridiculous. Who was it that touched me? It wasn't me. I don't know why he's asking, but no, no, I'm sure I'm not what he's talking about. It wasn't me. And Peter says to him, Lord, Master, The people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus knows that there's somebody in that crowd who knows that she's the one he's talking to. Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Now, does that mean his battery's running low? No. That means that he also felt what that woman felt. She felt the power of God which healed her. He felt the power of God which healed her. And Jesus is saying something supernatural has happened here and we're going to stop and we're going to deal with it. Why? I mean, was he just curious? There's a little girl who's dying. There's a father who, despite his elevated position in society, has literally fallen at your feet and begged you to come The matter is urgent. Please, let's keep moving. You already asked. Everybody denied it. 
it doesn't make sense to us why you're asking the question. Let's, let's move along, shall we? Let's remember, keep our eye on the goal here, Jesus. Remember, you're going to heal a little girl who's dying. But Jesus was always obedient to the Father. He said, I only say what the Father tells me to say. And I only do what the Father tells me to do. You know what? Jesus was about to give this woman more than she had been seeking. Jesus waited until she came forward, trembling, and she fell at his feet. And in the presence of all the people, she didn't say, can I speak with you privately? In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she'd been instantly healed. Sometimes the healing we need is a lot more than physical. And in order for us to be really healed, we've got to be willing to talk about what we've been through. We've got to be willing to bring the past out in the open and say, this is the problem I've had. Because it loses its power when we bring it into the light. And so she told in front of everyone why she had touched him and how she'd been instantly healed. And then he said to her, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Well, isn't that wonderful? That's not all he said. He said something to her that he doesn't say anywhere else in the Gospels. He calls her daughter. You see, she needed more than a physical healing. She had been isolated because of her problem. And Jesus doesn't say to her, as he says to others on occasion, woman, da-da-da-da-da-da. He calls her daughter. Because what God wants for his children is to know that we are his children and that he loves us. You and I are not just in need of physical and emotional healing. We are in need of reconciliation to our Heavenly Father. God wants us to know that he loves us. He loves us so much that he wants us as his dearly loved children. And that is what Jesus gave this woman that was far beyond anything she had imagined or hoped for. He said, you're part of the family. After 12 years of an unstoppable problem, Jesus wanted her to know you're not despised by God. You are his child. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Folks, let me take just a moment to encourage you to go on the internet and visit the website of Wares Valley Ranch. For over 20 years, the ranch has provided a loving home environment for children who have a problem that they did not create. Maybe a health crisis on the part of a parent or even the death of a parent. 
Often it's the death of a marriage, leaving a single parent struggling to care for the children while working one or more jobs to provide for their support. Sometimes it's a parent who struggles with alcohol or drug addiction, or even a case where one or both parents are in prison. These children are not the problem. They're not delinquents. They're simply caught in difficult circumstances. I hope you'll help us provide these little ones with the opportunity for hope and healing in a Christ-centered environment. You may know a child that needs our services as well. Please visit WVR to learn more. That's wvr.org. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is Well, while Jesus was still speaking to her, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler, and said, Your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. How horrible. But that's final. Or so it seemed. Now the people at the house were already mourning, wailing, crying. And when Jesus tells them, she's not dead, she's only asleep, they laughed at him. And it doesn't say because they thought she was dead. It says because they knew she was dead. But Jesus knew something else. This is a temporary condition. She's asleep. And everybody else is kept outside. Jesus goes to this girl's bedside. And he took her by the hand and said, my child, get up. And her spirit returned. You know what it is when a person dies? Their spirit leaves their body. Jesus on the cross would say, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit and breathe his last. The Apostle Paul describes it like this, absent from the body, present with the Lord. You see, when a Christian dies, we don't go into limbo. When we die, we go directly into the presence of Almighty God. But this little girl was about to be recalled. And so Jesus says to her, my child, get up. And her spirit returned. It had been gone. Her spirit had left her body. Jesus calls her back. And at once, she stood up. She didn't just open her eyes or twitch a little bit. She was instantly healed. Jesus didn't just say, well, I can bring her back, but, you know, I'm I'm afraid she's never going to be the same. Jesus said, she'll be healed. He healed her. Isn't that wonderful? Well, there's something else very wonderful in the fact that God put these two stories together like this. It's not a literary device where the author imagined that this would make a great tale. This is what actually happened. But God put these events together and had them recorded for us so that we would understand something. The woman was an adult 
who was poor. She had spent everything she had on medical care, and she had not been healed. But this little girl, the whole time that that woman was sick, this little girl was having a very sweet life. She was 12 years old, remember? The woman had been sick for 12 years, remember? And so this woman is in a horrible situation that just seems to get worse and worse and worse for 12 years. This little girl has been in a family where her daddy was an important official. And they had money. And they had comforts. And you better believe she had toys and nice clothes. And it was good. Her daddy was the ruler of the local synagogue. He was the big man in town. While the little girl had had 12 years of happiness until she got sick, the woman had had 12 years of misery and increasing desperation. Who does Jesus care about? The poor? Yes, absolutely. The rich? Absolutely. And everybody in between. Does he care for people who already have family and other people to love them? Yeah, he cares for them too. Well, what about somebody who is all alone, cut off? He cares for them too and everybody in between. All kinds of people, young and old, rich and poor, people whose lives have been going really well until they find themselves dying, and people whose lives have been like death for a long time. He cares about all, all kinds of people. Why does that matter? Because some of you hear the whisper of Satan that you're not included. He doesn't care about you. You don't matter to God. Satan is a liar and the father of lies. And God wants you to know he loves you. He loves you so much he sent Jesus to die on the cross so that you could be not just forgiven, but reconciled to the God who wants you to know him as your father. What an amazing God we serve. Jesus said to the woman, daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Did this little girl have faith? She was dead. There's no indication that she said, Daddy, Daddy, I've heard about Jesus. Please go send for him. Bring him here. I'm sure he can heal me. Nothing in the New Testament to indicate that. You see, when we didn't have faith, God still loved us. As he hung on the cross, Jesus would say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Saul of Tarsus, who persecuted Christians even to death, was not a seeker. He was a man who thought he had the answers. Deeply religious and very proud of his religious accomplishments. But after he met Jesus... 
He said, I consider all that stuff as dung, manure, trash. How could he say that? Because he said, I consider it that compared to knowing Jesus Christ. He loves you more than you can imagine. More than you can imagine. He loves you so much that he died on the cross for you. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Trust him. He'll never fail to keep his promises. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.